And so, by contrast to human ghastliness, another couple of thoughts to lift our spirits, as we did last week with Professor James Nye and his bees. He talked of the waggle dances honeybees perform in the hive to indicate precisely where food may lie outside. But there were two more questions to ask. One puzzle that I came across talking to another person in Australia who studies bees apart from Srinivasan, and that is if you move the hive away one day, I don't know how many metres, the bees from the colony keep going back to where the hive used to be rather than seeing it over there (laughs) and saying, ah, home's moved. So in honeybees, this has been studied quite well, and it's actually called the turn back and look behaviour. When a bee, and you can see this on a warm afternoon, the the newly emerged bees come out, they need to learn where their nest is. Now, the nest has a characteristic smell, but they also need to know what it looks like to find that particular nest entrance. If you imagine a tree with a tiny hole, it's going to be hard to spot. So they literally turn back and look. They fly out, and then they face the nest entrance, and they fly back and forth in a zigzag looking at the nest. As they're doing that, they're memorizing the local landmarks, that rock, that hive, that tree in the horizon. They're also memorizing the movement of the sun in the sky and learning how that changes with the passage of time. But for all of these reasons, particularly the local landmarks, if you simply move the nest a few meters, they have been born used to this exact configuration of where the nest should be, and therefore they will go and search for that. In fact, Cartwright and Colette had this wonderful hypothesis called the snapshot hypothesis. And it's like you going on vacation, but in this case, let's say you've left your car, and you're just going to take a picture of where your car is. And then as you walk, you're going to take a picture of this goalpost or this landmark. And then how do you find your way back to your car? Well, this is all stored, let's say, on your phone, and you can look photo by photo, and you walk somewhere, and you think, okay, that photo, if I move over here, I'll get an exact match. First point. Then I keep on walking and I match the next photo. And so this actually might be how bee memory works, that they're navigating in part through each of these snapshots that they've taken of the landscape to find their way home. My final question, because we're all concerned, and that is the mites which are affecting bees all over the world. Is there anything we can do about that? It is a problem because it's an evolutionary arms race. The mites are racing to deal with any of the different compounds and things that we throw at them. They're also similar enough in physiology to the honeybees that any acaricides that we provide, poisons to kill the mites, can also be harmful to honeybees. There are varroa-resistant or mite-resistant strains of bees, and they have hygienic behavior. So they will actually bite at the mites or do other things to keep the mite populations down. I think really the key is breeding bees and finding bees that are more resistant to mites. And, And there is hope in this because we tend to keep honeybees in these colonies and we use them for pollination and honey and things like that. But there are also a lot of feral bees, which I'm sure you also have in Australia. The feral bees over and over again have independently evolved in multiple populations the ability to deal with mites. So if we just let them alone and force them to respond to natural selection, they will find a solution. Professor James Nye, who also told me there may be soon a kind of oral vaccine that honeybees could be given against pests. We live in hope.
He's at the University of California, San Diego.